sake, let's take a minute and give it up for podcasts. Am I right? Um, no, but seriously, if you haven't heard about Anchor, it's literally the easiest way to make podcasts. So let me explain. One, it's free. Two, it literally gives you all the tools you need in order to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer, which is amazing. Um, also, the best part, in my opinion, is that it'll distribute your podcast for you. So you can hear it on like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, literally anywhere you listen to podcasts. Pretty amazing, and you literally have to do nothing. The other thing is, you can make money from your podcast. There's no like minimum listenership required, so that's kind of cool. Um, But yeah, seriously, if you're like into podcasts and thinking about making one, I would check it out because it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Um, So yeah, go ahead, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. What are you waiting for? Hello and welcome. I'm Victoria. I'm Serena and together we're from New Orleans. This show is all about women specifically no we are going to review and analyze movies that are written by directed by or starring women and we cannot wait for you to join us tune in and listen wherever you listen to podcasts or join us on youtube all right so in this episode we will be talking about the 2017 film atomic blonde which was written by kurt johnstead Uh, adapted from the graphic novel entitled The Coldest City. The movie was directed by David Leitch, who also directed Deadpool and a Fast and Furious movie, the one that came out in 2019. The film follows an undercover agent sent to Berlin during the Cold War to investigate the murder of a fellow agent and recover a missing list of double agents. Main character played by Charlize Theron. This is the first movie I ever saw with her in it. Wait, really? Yeah. Oh my gosh. I know. This was also my first ever queer movie. I've never seen gay people in a movie before I saw this movie. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's crazy. What? Yeah. Dude, it was a crazy world five years ago. There was no gay movies out there. Well, there was, but for someone who was really surface level, this was like a really mainstream movie, and I went and saw it with my mom, and I was like, whoa, (laughs) hot. I saw this movie super late at night and I'm pretty sure there was like me, my friend, and then like one other person in the theater and it was the very last showing Yeah. and like no one else wanted to watch it with me so I had to go, I was like, someone come with me please (laughs) and they were like, fine I have nothing better to do, like I'll come and I was like, okay so I like dragged them to the movie theater because I was going to go by myself yeah, but those were the days it was amazing though, I remember seeing it uh, the trailer in the movies with my mom and we both were like this looks like it kicks ass and so then we decided we were going to go see it together in real life and then we went to like a 10pm showing and we were both like <laughs> after work we were so tired but we were like so fuck tired. it'll be worth it yeah <laughs> and it was amazing like back then honestly I, I wasn't really that into movies which is weird to say but like I didn't really watch movies back then um, I didn't really get into it until like 2018 and then yeah but as someone back then who had never really seen like women kicking ass i'd never seen like i hadn't seen like spy movies very much or like action movies and it was like it blew my mind that was like and i was like movies can be good after i saw that movie (laughs) it was a life-changing for sure wow crazy 
No, because I was, like, super excited to see that movie, and I was so confused by, like, everyone that I asked to see if they wanted to see the movie with me. Like, do you want to go? I was like, are you kidding me? It's Charlize Theron. And they're like, who's Charlize Theron? I didn't know who she was. Yeah. I was like, are you kidding me? (laughs) I was like, why? (laughs) So I was like, the only thing people knew her from was her role as Furiosa in fucking Mad Max. Right. And I was like, dang, like, that's really the only thing people know her from? Because, like, my parents had me watching movies, like, all, like, I watched so many movies. So even, like, the early 2000s, like, like, I mentioned in another episode, the movie Eon Flux, I was like, dude, that was one of her movies in, like, the early 2000s, like, wow, you're an OG <laughs> horrible <stan>. CGI, <laughs> and I was like, oh my goodness, like, why, I was like, why don't you know who Charlize Theron is? <laughs> like, she's literally an icon. <laughs> and yeah. everyone's like, I don't know who that is. It's At that time, I hadn't generation. seen Mad Max either. I, I know that came out in 2015, but I didn't see it until way later, like, mm-hmm. maybe a couple years ago. Because the other one that nobody would have mentioned or even cared to be like, yeah, Charlize Theron was in this one too, was freaking... <laughs> it was like the Snow White and the Huntsman movie. She was in that? She was like the Ice Queen, yeah. That's cool. <laughs> like, so random, but like no one's gonna remember that movie or even that she was in it. Like, oddly, those movies had a stacked cast, but yeah. The one with Like, Chris, Chris Hemsworth was in it. Right? <laughs> or was that a different one? I don't remember. Okay. I honestly can't remember. That's okay. But yeah. Um, yeah, this movie was amazing. This movie, like, inspired me a lot. I was like, I want to be a part of something like this. Because it was so un... Like, okay, so this movie was written and directed by men. But I mm-hmm. felt that it was completely non-discriminatory. Like, there were there were a couple corny yeah. moments here and there. There's, like, a fight scene where, like, the guy calls her a bitch and then she stabs him and she's like am i still a bitch and i'm like that's stupid <laughs> but like they're for the most part compared to like what we just talked about gunpowder milkshake that movie was like that that this atomic blonde did so much like did, it did so a lot that yeah. gunpowder milkshake didn't do and mm-hmm. it and resonates to this day Wait, what happened? I said, and what a lot of movies don't do. And what a lot of movies don't do? Yeah. I think, um, well, since I saw it and I was kind of like a baby, like, I didn't really know about movies and stuff like that, I will say that, so I rewatched it so that we could talk about it, and it was a lot more underwhelming than I remember now that I have (laughs) seen a lot of other movies um not particularly ones with women in them but just a lot more in that genre and that kind of stuff there are a lot more extravagant ones and ones that capture your attention a lot more um Mm -hmm. this one was kind of bland in comparison um visually it it was very kind of underwhelming more than more so than i I think it's because it literally looks like a comic book like it it has the same like monochrome like color tones and it has specifically that like blue hue to yeah. it that like if it were a comic book that would be what the entire like page would look like kind of a thing yeah so yeah it's like one of those like because I really liked the I guess I didn't even get my first impression yet but like I obviously really liked the movie I remember leaving the theater and I just remember there's that scene at the end or closer to the end where it's the the stairwell fight mm-hmm. and I was like like I literally left the theater and I was like oh <laughs> my gosh did you see did you see that 
Oh, I want to watch it again and again and <laughs> yeah. again and again and again. Like, on repeat, that freaking scene is so good. Okay, I have so many things to say The way it's choreographed and directed, like, uh, I can't, but it's so good. But, yeah, this movie's, like, it's so interesting because that you said, like, yeah, it's kind of bland, it's kind of, like, boring. Um, it's not, like, you know, that intriguing, I guess, of, like, a storyline. And... I even read, like, a review where they're like, yeah, it's it's an espionage movie, like, it's nothing special, like, it's not like it's James Bond or anything like that, but, like, as a movie that, and I think at the time when it came out, they did want it to be, like, a franchise thing, or, like, they were ready for it to be a franchise if it became one, but, like, they weren't really set on it being a franchise, so they were like, you know what, like, we'll get one movie out of it at least. And so the fact that they really were like, yeah, this is the movie, like, it's a pretty good standalone movie. Like, if you're looking for just a single, like, one-and-done spy movie, like, it's a good one. Like, it's got the double-crossing, it's got, like, all the all the, the elements that you, like, look for when you watch, like, a spy movie. It's not completely predictable, but you can still kind of guess and, like, you could guess correctly <laughs> kind of a thing. But, like, I think the thing that really just, like, makes this movie and like ties it all together it really is the choreography and the fight scenes and like how cool of a character she is because like the way that she like goes into it is like you never like she's literally never questioned about her ability to do anything <laughs> which I think is great because I feel like in a lot of spy movies with women in them they're always playing to the like oh I'm just like a sexy object thing because that's what you see me as mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden they'll pull out a knife and be like ha you thought like Charlie's Angels kind of thing yeah. or like, like a seductress the, character like, yeah like in Get Smart they had like the one what was it Anne Hathaway's character was like she literally was like the top spy or whatever but she would still go into situations where there would be like other spies that were like oh we're top spies but we're men so we're like a little bit better mm. kind of a thing mm -hmm. and she'd be like okay that's stupid like kind of a thing so I thought it was really cool that like anywhere she went no one really questioned whether or not she was like capable yeah <laughs> and I guess that has a lot to do with like how it was written because I know we've talked a lot about men and how they write women and oftentimes it's like they try so hard to write from the woman's perspective, which they don't have, that they end up just inserting their own male gaze, mm -hmm. and it just makes it worse. Mm -hmm. <laughs> There's an interview with the director of this movie where he says that he literally was talking to Charlize Theron about this movie, and he literally said, I'm going to write the script like your character is a guy, and every guy is going to wish they were your character. And... <laughs> That actually makes Man's so did that. Much sense. Yeah. <laughs> it does, because by writing a character in quotes as a guy, in his mind, yeah, sure, you're writing him like a guy, but in like Hollywood's mind, you're writing him as just like a regular character, human being, and you're not putting any extra thought into the fact that, oh, they're a woman, so I have to be careful with how I represent them, kind of a thing. Which is like why things like that end up happening is when you're so worried about it that you just make it worse like you're not actually doing it to be decent at representation you're writing it because you're scared that you will get called out for not being representative and that's like stupid and why it's always so bad and so it's so nice to be like guys 
literally look, if you just treat your character like a human being, they will actually be able to act like a human being. Like, you don't have to treat women like they're... <laughs> so, like, like, oh, fragile. holy grail, like, fragile thing that you just, like, can't seem to quite do correctly. Like, the reason you can't do it correctly is because you're trying too hard, honestly. Yeah. It's so funny that you say that because there's a comment that, um... I forgot his name already. It starts with a P. It's like, it's something I remember. It was kind of dorky. Oh, I have to look at it. Um, it's the um, the guy that she works with. His name is the guy that plays a the guy that's played by James McAvoy or the guy. That's <gasps> yeah. Played oh, by... Percival. <laughs> Percival. <laughs> yeah, what does he it was say? Percival. Um, they like before whatever all the drama goes down and they're um they're in the room together and they're just talking about stuff and she's telling him that she feels like she's being tailed she's like oh this girl is following me and taking pictures of me watching me or whatever who is she to him and he's like i think that you're an attractive woman and you should do the math that was like insane to me i was like that's the- <laughs> but that's the thing is like if that makes so much sense that you're saying he wrote it like a guy because if if Charlize Theron's character was a guy then it would be yeah. like oh that establishes a sexual tension the fact that they established that and it's like lesbian and like it was yeah like, like the no fact that it actually asked. was sexual tension <laughs> that was like a, that is like mind-blowing to me like that was amazing and perfect and I feel like all yeah. should do that and even like the fact that he said it like a lot of people I think would be like oh well he's assuming she's not capable or anything but like the way that it's delivered is 100% in the way where there's subtext to that mm-hmm. and so there is the tension but it's also he's a spy and he can't give away too much mm-hmm. <laughs> about his thing because you find out later that he's the double crosser yeah so it's like everything that's said before then he's been holding back like information yeah. and extra things like He has to get her to trust her, so he's not going to insult her, but he's also not going to say something, like, stupid (laughs) and, like, give it away. How they know each other, but they know each other. I can't remember how. It's not necessarily, like, they know each other. It's, he's, like, the informant, if that makes sense. Like, he's, like, her contact that he's connect that she's connected with from, like, her boss. I remember. So her boss is, like, basically, like, you need to meet up with this guy. He's got, like, the information that you need in order to, like, find out these people. No, but, but then the he girlfriend. also just happens to be... Oh, the girlfriend? Yeah, he know because the girlfriend ends up telling... I should know the name. <laughs> well, character. it's but because wait. he's been working in that area for so long. So he, like, oh, is okay. the spy to go to, which is why he knows all the stuff. Oh, okay. And so they know each other because Um, he's the double crosser because he's been in so deep in the same area for so long uh, that it like yeah okay yeah because yeah i didn't get i couldn't remember how that happened but she reveals to lorraine charlie's throne whatever that he's gonna backstab her and then i was like Mm -hmm. whatever anyways yeah she's also like a baby spy she's just not great at it (laughs) Like, yeah. not as good as everyone else is, which is, like, what gives them Well, they say... Well, I don't know if it's on purpose, but they make a joke about her... Um, or, no, I think Percival says it. He's, like... He's, like, if I was tailing you, you wouldn't know. So the fact that you know yeah. that she's tailing you... 
she's means that she's not great or she wants you to know <laughs> yeah which is cute and i think it's interesting yeah. too but i don't know if it's on purpose but there's certain scenes where the lighting is different so i just talked about how it's mostly like blue and you said it's really washed out like a comic book there's certain scenes where it's like pink and red and very memorable mm-hmm. And one yeah. of those scenes is when she meets the girl for the first time. It's when it's she like, meets the girl, yeah. I'm red. It's, like, bright. And then when they're, like, laying together, like, in her room mm-hmm. and stuff, it's, like, purple and pink and stuff. Um, and yeah. those scenes always stayed in my mind. I think, like, the stairwell scene and then, like, the love scenes and when she's with the girlfriend always, like, stayed in my mind. Like, I always remembered mm-hmm. that and how pretty it was and it it's just made so an impression pretty. on me. Yeah. Yeah, because it's like, I generally don't like movies that have that blue color tone to it, mm-hmm, where it's like really same. kind of dark. But yeah. I think what made it was that, like, this movie is in Berlin right before it falls, and it's so cold mm-hmm. to where this movie doesn't feel dark because it's like, it feels icy. like icy. Like, it literally feels cold. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, to watch it. True. And so, like, I don't mind it because it's not hard for me to watch. Like, it's more immersive. <laughs> yeah, I feel that. Yeah. And, like, I don't mind it. I don't know what it is because normally I would be, like, so, like, how this movie looks like, yeah. <laughs> yeah but yeah this one like I don't mind and even like the the like neon like tints that they have in like certain places and like it's Berlin so it's got all the cool lighting and stuff yeah like, like I don't know it's just really cool like all the underground scenes yeah yeah the aesthetic's um, really nice I really like it to talk more about the stairwell scene I remember back then, like, when I first watched it, being so fascinated by, like, how they could possibly do a 10-minute one-take, and I was just like, this was so life-changing. And also the fact that it's the first time I've ever seen people fight and get exhausted. And I think that's what kept a lot of people captivated, was just that there were were (laughs) lull moments where you're watching them, like, stumble and fall on top of each other mid-battle, and it, it was awkward, and it was so... Captivating. so realistic um yeah and at the time i couldn't find anything i don't know why i never found anything but um i have a interview that i read recently um just because i was so fascinated i was like I, I was like i need to know how they do this now that i'm more into film i need to know and it was actually now i feel like a clown it's like one to two minute snippets stitched together mm-hmm. like 1917 yeah. And I'm like, they really had me because I (laughs) could not see the cuts. Like, yeah, it's like a single line, like take type thing. Yeah, yeah, it's very. It honestly is kind of hard to pull off. So like, I'm surprised that for that because that came out at the time where like everyone was doing it. Because I want to say it came out. What time? What year did this come out? Like twenty twenty seventeen. Okay, because twenty. I want to say twenty sixteen or twenty fifteen was when Birdman. came out and got like its big thing and it was like one take and then they Uh, made that other movie where um it was like in space and it was all again very like a lot of single take kind of uh, thing so it was like the popular thing to do at the time uh, (laughs) but i remember liking the stairwell scene so much more because of yeah like the lulls it was like an actual fight and like people got exhausted yeah and i think that's something that i just i really like in this movie overall because a lot of her fight scenes like she struggles she's like mm-hmm. this guy's too big for me i have to figure out how to get away mm-hmm. like she even has a scene where she like has to take an ice bath and she has bruises yeah. like just all over her body and she's like i'm literally so tired 
having to fight all these people and she's like taking her like aspirin and I'm like yes thank you so much for showing me their bruises because girl should not be walking out of there jumping off the freaking building just like completely fine no she's a fantastic no actress because I felt like the weight even though it's acting it's like yeah. that and I, I just talked about in Gunpowder Milkshake I was like you know what these skinny girls it's like not believable it looks like strings and effects and all that but she mm-hmm. is heavy and she like I, it's so believable the way that she's yeah. like beating these dudes up I completely believe it the way that she moves is like so powerful She's the way she takes a hit. Oh, yeah. The way she takes a hit, and like that's her thing. Is like she she like basically gained her popularity off of being like an action star, and so it's really nice that like she because I guess nowadays like especially with like Atomic Blonde when that came out, the big conversation around the time because I was really into film at the time, so I was like oh, it's this <laughs> conversation about this one. I worked in a movie theater at that time. I was watching movies every freaking day, every other. Like every two days, it's like let's go see another movie. I have nothing to do after work. I'm gonna watch a movie. <laughs> but one of the conversations they were having were like the fact that it was Charlize Theron basically starring in a movie since um, her role as Furiosa, and the conversation at the time with like her role as Furiosa and this one was the fact that she was quote unquote old. Oh, I heard about that. Yes, yes. I definitely <laughs> she's have like heard that. She's, like, an older lady. Yeah. Because, what, she's, like, in her 50s now? Yeah. And they're, like, she's older. Like, yeah. I don't know if you can continue being, like, an action star. And she's, like, okay, well, like, Jason yeah. Bourne, James Bond. True. All those dudes are literally old AF. Yeah. They're, and if they're not older than me, they're the same age as me. Mm-hmm. So... Like, what's the point? And the fact that she, like, does her her stunts, she, like, does the action scene, she can still... She acts way better than half of them. Mm -hmm. And they were like, oh, she's, like, kind of old, though. Like, I I don't know if she, like, holds up to, like, her 2000s era. And we're like, come on, dude, that's so dumb. Dude. But... Okay, so... Yeah. In the same vein of that, she did most of the stunts for that stairwell scene. So they only mm-hmm. a couple times switched it out with the stunt coordinator, but in the yeah. interview, the director said that she was walking away with, like, bruises on her arm and, like, all this stuff, but, like, she wanted to, like, do that. She was like, yeah, let's yeah. go for it, and let's do the one take, and it was And actually, she always does, like, every movie she's in. She like, does the older, She still does, wow. yeah, as many as she can, and um, it's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it was her idea to do the exhaustion thing. She mm-hmm. wanted to, like... She was like, yeah, our characters need to have, like, consequences. And so we should yeah. be, like, falling apart by the end of it. That was, like, so her good. thing that she proposed. So good. Absolutely love. I think that's so cool. I feel like more people should watch this movie, to be honest. Like, I feel like it doesn't get enough hype. Yeah. Because at this point, like, I feel like, like, if you mention, like, Atomic Blonde, people like us, like, movie watchers that are also into, like, like knowing female-led movies, kind of a thing. Like we're gonna be like Atomic Blonde, and we're gonna be like, oh, that was a good one. Yeah, and it's kind of like its own like cult, like yeah, it's like if you type, know, like you know. following. But it's like <laughs> I want it to be like a mainstream thing. Like yeah, <laughs> these movies are so great. Like like we, it's quality action. Yeah, quality. <laughs> and then the part like I also read this that he was saying that for that scene they brought in the editor. So the writer and the director were male. The editor is a woman. And so they had her on set 
um, telling them, oh, if you do it like this, then I can edit it like this, and, like, consulting and stuff like that. Wonderful. She's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, that's something what? I would do I'd be like I need the editor here because uh, <laughs> I need to know what this is going to look like later yeah, apparently, <laughs> I'm not trying to reshoot all of this <laughs> yeah apparently he the director worked with her on John Wick she's the same editor that did John Wick and like a yeah. bunch of other movies yeah I'm no like, she's oh, great so cool. <laughs> so she's cool. awesome <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah but I just wish stuff like this well not even that it would get like a, a franchise or something but I think I mentioned this before, but I just feel like we need more, like, uh, not unique, what's the right word? Like, female sort of, like, heroes or, like, icons that aren't just, mm-hmm. like, male spinoffs. So, like, people yeah. are always, like, trying to get, like, a, a female James Bond or something. Yeah. But it's, like, we don't need it's like, female why have versions of female guys. James Bond when you could have Lorraine? <laughs> yeah, it's, like, come up with new stuff. Like, I, I feel like <laughs> there should just be, like, women alone stuff you know and even with comic books it's like okay there's cool superheroes but a lot of them were just counterparts to males and so it's like (laughs) how about let's just come up with like new stuff like our own stuff you know and this is one amazing example that i wish people would yeah follow in line with it's like she's her own thing and Mm -hmm. it's amazing yeah no i really yeah um i wanted to mention that along with the specificity of the fight sequences because it was so memorable and it was so awesome other tiny details that they put in there were super like i super honed in on like there's this uh moment in the beginning when she's meeting up with percival and um they're in the car and then she i think she's being attacked i can't remember what prompts it but like car chase or something she shoots the driver (laughs) she grabs the seatbelt what happened? The seatbelt, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where she grabs the seatbelt. The seatbelt. <laughs> yes. Dude, that was like, that like blows my mind because in so many movies you'll just see the car flip and then they walk out and it's like, yeah, okay, and you're like, whatever. no way. The tiny detail of her like, whatever, shooting him, grabbing the seatbelt, literally just yeah. makes it so much more like ground like it totally yeah like it makes sense it's so realistic yeah it's like the fact that wonderful. they're giving you that information it's just not being left to the imagination is fucking awesome i've like, seen she that, is that done good. yeah one other time and i think it's actually in like falcon and the no not falcon winter soldier it's in um captain america no way is it a marvel movie and it's actually scarlett johansson's character black widow that does it where she like grabs the seatbelt because she's no like, we're gonna way. have to crash the car, <laughs> and and I only noticed it because I saw it in Atomic Blonde. No way! And I was like, wonderful. Because <laughs> she's like, oh my gosh, this guy's literally coming straight through the thing, and she's like, she like shoots the window out, and then she grabs the seatbelt, wraps it around her arm, and like, yeah, it's so memorable. Yeah. There's that one in this movie, and then the other scene where something like that happens that I also just find is like in the. There's a fight scene where they're in the movie theater and they're like mm-hmm. behind the movie scene, the movie screen, and she doesn't have a weapon on her. And this guy like attacks her, and she's like fighting back, and she has literally nothing except for like herself. And this guy's like huge, and she's in heels, and she like can't even get like good grip on the ground, which you see in the scene, and that makes so much sense because she's in heels. I know. <laughs> why is she wearing heels? Why is she wearing? Heels? She's like, dang oh. it! Why am I? <laughs> there's like a there's a part in the movie when um, she's wearing that all white outfit. 
uh, it's the apartment, the, the apartment fight scene where she like, like at the end, but at the same time, no, it's a little bit in like the middle. Um, but she's talking to the investigators at the same time. So it's voiceover and she's like, yeah, if I'd known that he was going to call the police, I would have worn a different outfit. <laughs> Wow. Because she's like, this is literally so inconvenient. And I thought that was such a great line. And because he, he says a different outfit, like he has no idea. But any other woman would be like, yeah, no, that's just severely inconvenient. <laughs> <laughs> it was so funny. But in the in the movie scene, the, well, the movie scene where they're at the movies, <laughs> behind the movie screen, <laughs> not a tongue twister at all, um, she has nothing on her. And then you see like a quick like, like flick of her wrist and she has her keys in her hand <laughs> and she like ends up having to like try and punch him like with her keys as like brass knuckles and then at some point she literally stabs the dude with a key like it goes straight <laughs> through his cheek <laughs> and I was like wonderful because when I'm walking alone at night I have my keys like that too girl <laughs> I think she like stole those keys from something but honestly I don't so remember funny. the context <laughs> Um, a lot of like you really think a lot of it was like grab the second time around when I didn't know movies it blew my mind but now that I like know movies I'm like I was sitting in the beginning through all that backstory like kind of spaced (laughs) out a little bit like I don't really know yeah yeah the fight scenes though in this film are so good like the choreography is just amazing yeah and everything else I've seen except for it the story was really sound and the structure yeah. of it was cool. I like the jumping back and forth was really nice. Um, like it wasn't confusing. Mm-hmm. It broke it it's up. It's very evenly. like neo noir as well. Like yeah. very espionage, like kind of a film. Yeah. So like in the beginning, you're like, oh yeah, I have to sit through this again. Because <laughs> <laughs> like after that, the rest of the movie just like takes off. Yeah, the payoff is worth. <laughs> it's um, so worth it. Yeah. It's so good. All right, so. We introduced this segment in the last episode. Um, now we're going to do the, uh, or we're going to look at the big nine positions in film production, um, and kind of just um, quickly see if they were inclusive of women or not. Um, so this movie actually, I uh, I think it might have had less than Gunpowder Milkshake, which is interesting because we really liked this one. But um, director was a man, writer was a man. The editor was a woman, um, and we talked about how she was, um, she worked on other projects of the directors, um, like Deadpool and John Wick and those sorts of action movies. Um, cinematographer was man. The art directors, all of them were men. Um, composers and sound were all men. Um, costume department was all women. Two women are credited. And then, uh, makeup, there is kind of a mix, but there are women present there, so... Um, in terms of the top four, I think in the last episode we talked about how the top four were kind of like, uh, um, I don't want to say, like, they kind of are brands. Like, the names of the director, writer, editor, and cinematographer, they can kind of, um, sell movies if people know that they're working on them. Um, and so for a woman, and so for a woman to be included in those, um, it's pretty awesome. So there is one woman in the top four. But then we don't see any other woman until the bottom two categories, costume and makeup, which is kind of similar to Gunpowder Milkshake. But yeah. mm-hmm. I do want to say one other thing and get this on tape. I just remembered. So um, in like full disclosure, we recorded the first uh, 90, like first 75% of this podcast um, a few weeks ago, maybe, in, yeah, maybe even longer. 
we're recording this ending segment after Daniel Craig has recently made headlines saying that uh, James Bond should not be played by a woman. Instead, people should be writing female characters that aren't um, already invented. Like, we shouldn't be just having women counterparts of male characters. That is, it was incredible because I saw it trending on Twitter. I saw it, like, everywhere. And we had talked about that before he had said that. And I just think it's crazy because the person I was referencing that who had said that said it years ago and it was a woman who said it so and so I think it's just kind of interesting that now he's kind of regurgitating and I, I guess it's not necessarily like it's an original idea or maybe just people really wanted to just drag him because I saw a lot of headlines that were saying like oh he doesn't want James Bond to be a woman and kind of just trying to get clickbait but um I just thought that it was kind of crazy and it's interesting because we talked about that in this podcast um like before he said that so i just wanted to say that and throw that in there because that was something that i had like before the whole controversy happened because that just recently happened and uh we had already recorded this episode and i was referencing someone that i it was like oh my god so long ago it was like almost a decade ago that the interview happened so yeah i just wanted to say that okay now we can move on <laughs> okay yeah so now james mcboy <laughs> James McAvoy, whatever the fuck. McAvoy. McAvoy. Who is this man? You know who James McAvoy is. He was on Split. He's the monster. I've never seen Split. I've never seen It. I've never seen X-Men. I've never seen any of these movies that he's in. I I think I have maybe seen Muppets Most Wanted, but I don't. <laughs> James McAvoy is in so many movies. No, what? Um, no, I haven't seen any of the movies that he's ever been in. What the heck? That's actually really weird. <laughs> like that's really weird. I've seen Atomic I... Blonde. <laughs> I'm actually. So confused. I've seen Deadpool too, but I don't remember him. Yeah. I cannot believe that. I just he's in that show like his dark materials right now. Huh? He's in that show his dark materials right now. Like no, none of that. Right. So okay. So if you want to fuck him, then you can. (laughs) No, I just because you are a stan not heard of James McAvoy. I think I've heard of him, but I don't, I don't, I've never seen him before in my life, besides Atomic Blonde. What in the world? No. I will find, you didn't watch, like, Victor Frankenstein. What is that? Atonement becoming Jane. Like, he's been in movies since I've seen Nomeo and Juliet. Did you watch, like, Narnia? <laughs> I haven't seen Narnia. What the frick? Yeah. <laughs> Girl, these are, like, very well-known movies. I, when I, dude, when I'm telling you. you I didn't start watching movies until a couple years ago, I'm not joking. <laughs> that was not a joke. <laughs> well, everyone else here is freaking grown up with James McAvoy, so... <laughs> everyone else you you are very much out of the loop here (laughs) okay so you go first (laughs) oh my gosh i can't believe you literally don't he played like the best friend to like the little girl lucy in freaking narnia like i can't believe i didn't even read narnia i am that person that will be like 
I like this movie purely based off of nostalgia and nothing else. Like, it's a uh, trash movie. Okay. <laughs> like, yeah. and I will admit that. Yeah. <laughs> like, I tried to watch freaking some Harry Potter movies, and I was like, I literally hate this. No, that's what I'm saying. It's like, I don't think they're good movies. Like, I wouldn't recommend them to people, because I'm like, I don't know I don't if think they're, they're good. I, I just think they're kind of boring, to be it. honest. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like, I didn't grow up watching or, like, reading them. Like, I read them Me either. in, like, high school. Same, and they sucked, right? And then I watched all the movies in high school. I actually skipped the first book, and then I watched all the movies, because everyone oh, else was, like, really into them. Yeah. And I was like, I'm literally missing out on so... Like, I was like... It was like people were speaking a different language, and I was yeah. like, I gotta know what y'all are talking. Like, yeah. what is this? And then I watched the movies, and I was like, yeah, no, I'm still not that into it. <laughs> It's, yeah, honestly, the movies I grew up with, the books, I didn't, and I couldn't get into the books. By the time I was in high school, it was like, I was like, this sucks. Like, this isn't Mm -hmm. good. It's just nostalgia, I think. That's the same thing. Like, a lot of people will talk about, like, Hunger Games, Mm -hmm. and they'll be like, yeah, I really liked, like, the books or whatever, and I really didn't like, like, the, the, like, movies. Mm -hmm. But I recently, during, like, quarantine, obviously, I was like, were we watching a bunch of movies? I did watch the first, uh the Hunger first Games. like Hunger Games movie and I was actually surprised at like how low budget of a film that was actually really like compared to how much money they got for the second and third films yeah. like oh my god but like they actually had like a lot of like indie film tactics in the mm. which I think is like I would rewatch the first one way more than I would rewatch the second and third one mm. like I was actually like oh dang I this is a really good movie <laughs> I feel like, honestly, <laughs> Hunger Games saved Lionsgate. Like, they were uh, yeah. tanking, and then they bought Hunger Games, and then that Dude. got them some money. I, like, literally, I feel like that was what did it. Yeah. Single well, like, the version's pretty good, yeah. Okay, well, we can do FMF now. <laughs> anyway, now that we're over this whole tangent about... <laughs> about me not watching the heck James McAvoy is. I can't believe that. I still... <laughs> <laughs> I haven't felt this like abandoned since <laughs> I wanted to watch Pride and Prejudice with my siblings. I was like, yeah, it's finally on Netflix. We should watch the 2000 like something version of like Pride and Prejudice. And they went, I don't feel like watching a zombie movie. And I was like, what are you talking oh, about? Oh, like the zombie version? The Pride and Prejudice yeah. zombies one? I was like, no, this is like. They didn't know that that was built off of the actual Pride and Prejudice. Do they not teach Pride and Prejudice in school anymore? <laughs> that's what I said. But, like, they're like, oh, I guess it was, like, all my reading lists. But, like, I didn't know that that's what it was about. I just saw the trailer, so I thought that all of them were, like, the same thing. And I was like... Wow. That feeling right sad. now is how I feel about you not knowing who James McAvoy is. <laughs> wow. It's that level? Damn. Yeah, At like, least I, I like, know what Pride and Prejudice is. My heart kind of breaks a bit. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't realize he was Like, he's not even, like, that special or anything. It's just like, what? How do you not know me? <laughs> I don't know it's if like there's an equivalent of that for me. I can't. I, I'm uh, flattered that you thought I knew things. Thank you for thinking <laughs> that I know things. I'll take that compliment, uh, but yeah, I don't know things. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Anyway. Okay, so we have him. Move on to Everyone else is really crusty. 
Oh, we could do Bill Skarsgård, who was... Oh, love. Yeah, he was in there for a little bit. You forgot that, yeah. And we could do... Um... Like, the crusty, like, mm, evil guy. <laughs> <laughs> His okay. name is... Was he rich? Do you remember if he was rich in the movie? He had to be. Right? Maybe. Should I look at Because if he... It... <laughs> Let's just assume he is rich. Because okay. if that is the case, then I have my answers. <laughs> okay. Let's assume he's rich. So his name is Him Roland. being rich has exactly everything to do with the fact that I would marry him for his money. Okay. I would screw Bill Skarsgård's character. Yeah. Because he's a cutie. And yeah. I would friend zone Percival because he's a double crosser. You know, <laughs> you, you keep your friends close and your enemies closer. <laughs> I think that I would fuck Percival and then marry Bill Skarsgård and then friend zone the. The rich one. Rich one, yeah. <laughs> I don't like him. <laughs> yeah. It's another one of those uh, situations where I marry him for his money and then I murder him immediately and collect all the asses. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna be a rich money. mafia wife <laughs> wearing my beautiful gowns and the riches at my husband's funeral. <laughs> my glasses for my <laughs> yeah. fake tears. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh gosh. Because yeah. like we always talk about this every time we do the Bechdel test, where we're like, okay, does it pass the Bechdel test? Also, we want to, because there can be movies where there's great female representation and yeah. it doesn't pass, and there can be movies where there's like horrible female representation but it does pass. Yeah. And so, <laughs> yeah. and so it's just like a weird like point of like conversation to be like yeah well there's not a lot of women but somehow the representation of this female character is like superior to when they tried to make it a woman's movie and quote women's movie that's you know? what i'm and saying it's like, yeah that Especially just kind of further genre. proves my point of the thing where they're like oh there's women so we have to like make it a woman's movie and mm -hmm. it's like yeah oh, now it's gonna be crap because yeah. you're gonna do that thing where you don't actually consult women and just think that you know what to do. But, like, as you said, this movie, even though it was directed by a man and there's a lot of men in it, they consulted women with the actual characters and, like, how they edited the film, which mm -hmm. is, like, so much of representation right now. Yeah. <laughs> like, I that goes, cool that like... does wonders. Yeah. Wonders for how someone's perceived. Is in the editing? Because yeah. we talk about this a lot with, like, the like cinematography and the editing of like how women are shown through the lens of the camera which scenes that they decide to show how quickly they're on screen or how long they're on screen mm -hmm. like all of that has to do with like the representation and it mm -hmm. matters yeah yeah I just think it's cool to hear about yeah women being involved like that you never really hear those stories, and so I just wanted to mm -hmm. share that little piece, especially because I'm really, I'm really into editing, so that was just cool to hear. <laughs> um, okay, yeah. 
So, ratings. Ratings? Oh, I freaking love this movie. I've watched it so many times. I'd probably give it, like, an 8. Yeah. Because, like, the beginning is, like, a little boring. And, like, yeah, it's really blue, which is kind of hard to watch. But, like, other than that, freaking, like, I would totally recommend it. I love the fight scene. It's a fun movie. Like, it's great. I like it a lot. I think I would also give it an 8 for, like, the same reasons. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. I think, yeah. That's yeah, what I literally rated the old guard. But yeah, it was just fantastic. Mm. And it, it, it got me so much. I honestly, if you had asked me, like, a year ago, I think I would have rated it higher. But in rewatching it, I was just, like, so... It sucks how you really build something up in your mind and in your memories. I remembered it as, like, the best movie ever. And then I rewatched it, and I was like, this is, like, not the best movie You're ever. like, mm, the first 21 is gonna... I know. But I Dull. will, like, it, it is... It was, like, such a pivotal film for me. Because I think a lot of... Mm-hmm. in The subsequent classes i would take they would ask like oh what are your favorite movies or what movies got you into film and stuff like that and i would always say atomic blonde because Mm. i was just so it was so unlike anything i had ever seen and it made me so much want to be a part of something like that and it inspired me and just the queerness of it but it wasn't in a way that felt pandering or inappropriate or you know it was everything was just perfect and i i owe so much to this movie so i'm gonna say eight (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah yeah no it's a good one uh, I don't think I have anything else to say me either I, I'm trying to think of like movies that would be similar but we talked about like Gunpowder Milkshake um, yeah like, we mentioned Birds of Prey and the Old Guard yeah which Birds of Prey movies that we've sure. reviewed so like you know listen to those episodes as well <laughs> yeah let me see if I can find if there's something um there's like movies in my mind that I'm like thinking of but I can't remember the freaking names of them so give me like 20 minutes for me to remember (laughs) that's okay there's a lot that I'm sure would be similar but um nothing that I've nothing that I would risk recommending so that's fine well there's some like that I haven't really well I haven't seen these but um or like Man from Uncle was like a spy movie. Um, no, I didn't watch that. I don't. I haven't seen that one in a minute. I remember liking it, but I don't really want to recommend it because mm. even though it's like the same genre, I'm like, I actually yeah, can't remember if that was weird. good or not. I probably would actually recommend um, like the first Charlie's Angels movies because the reason that they act the way they do and like is because it's satire to like show you how ridiculous it is that of like how women are represented (laughs) so i would recommend that one um but just know going into it if you haven't seen it that like a lot of like stereotypes are like very prominent but it's to like make fun of them (laughs) like they like for example cameron diaz is supposed to be like the dumb blonde whatever Mm-hmm. And so, but it's like over the top, like satirical, like mm-hmm. <laughs> like I think that it's pretty good. Those movies are pretty fun as well. All right, well, I think that that is all we have for you guys today. Thank you so much for listening. 
Um, don't forget to subscribe if you're listening on podcasting site. Give us a, a review. Um, share us with your friends. And then if you're on YouTube and you're listening, go ahead and give us a follow, subscribe, give us a like, and a comment down below. Um, yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, we do have our Instagram and our TikTok technically is linked. We don't really use our TikTok as much as Instagram. So if you do want to join our little community of tiny film buffs, I say that because we're a little community, not because we're tiny, literally. <laughs> <laughs> um, you should definitely join us. We love to talk to you guys and have some fun. And hopefully, if you guys are willing, eventually we'll start to do like way more things in the community and it'll be really fun. So yes, please join us. Um, yeah, have a great rest of your day, night, or whatever time you're listening to this. Bye. Bye.